it's just really important that people really think about, you know, their life and not feel ashamed about it. Just, and that's been a huge thing. And I've done so many like live webinars with people where I'm literally crying because people are sharing their story with me and I'm sharing my story with them. And just to see that people feel like so much weight off of their chest and their spirit saying, wait, I don't have to pretend I can just be myself. And there's lots of strength in that. Lots of strength. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, and we're here live with Christine Morrell. Hey, Christine, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you, Michael? Doing awesome. So Christine, a little bit of an introduction. She's an independent artist herself. She's made it into the top 10 finalists on the show X Factor. Formed on major commercials like Mercedes-Benz, Heineken. Formed the national anthem in the LA Dodgers Stadium. And she's been featured on uh, media outlets everywhere, Fox, NBC, CW, Maxim. And really what we're here to talk about today is how you know, a normal person, if they position their story in the right way, can have these opportunities to get these, these kinds of placements. And really all of it depends on the way that you craft your story and how you share it and making sure it's relevant. So Christine, you're awesome. Thanks for being part of the, the summit this year. Thank you so much for asking. I'm excited. This is my first time. It is. We're going to rock it. Yeah. So to start out with, you know, I'd love for anyone here who hasn't connected with you yet, if you could just share a quick introduction about your story and how you got started along and how you got featured in all those, all those publications. Sure. So I'm from a really small town in New Mexico, a really small town of like 8,000 people. I grew up raising pigs. All my friends were farmers. I mean, just very far from the music industry. So everything that I've done in my life has been just the result of like, really just building from scratch, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, like just really starting from nothing. And that's been a, a good thing. It's been like a blessing because I've been able to learn how to do everything myself rather than, you know, having things handed to me. And, you know, with that way, sometimes you don't really learn anything and you don't become self-sufficient. So, you know, I grew up again, like mowing lawns and, you know, farmer life. And I, I was always had this dream of doing music. And I didn't know that you could build a career as an independent. I thought you were either like wildly famous or you were just like homeless and broke. I didn't know that there was this like in between where you could make a good living and that you could be on like really cool networks, you know, like Fox, NBC, CBS and those types of things. I thought you had to spend money. And, you know, and that's a reality for a lot of people. But there's all these little like hacks. And for me, I was always like, man, how do I? you know, burst through that wall that everyone's built? How do I kind of like, you know, disrupt what everyone thinks? And, and so, you know, and one big thing, like just like you talked about, was realizing that there's something very powerful about sharing your story. And your story doesn't have to be one of like, hey, I just sold a million albums, because that's cool and everything. But I always tell everyone, I'm like, you know, it's, I, I find it more interesting. You know, I always ask them, what, what would make, what would make you want to read an article about me? The fact that I like, you know, raised pigs and used to sing on doorsteps and, you know, got door slammed in my face and slept in my car and, you know, all this stuff, or that I'm working with a platinum producer. Cause both of those are, you know, those both could be reality, but what's going to make someone really want to be engaged with you 
And that's what I realized. So I realized that all those things that a lot of people think are our weaknesses, you know, that whole like fake it till you make it, pretend that you're successful, that that can actually work against you. And that people actually really love who you are as a person and they love to figure out and find out that you're human. So kind of throughout my journey, I've just always been really like, you know, I, I found a lot of strength in that and sharing my upbringing. And, you know, we're a Mexican family. My mom comes from, you know, she had me when she was 17 and immigrant from Mexico and, and just sharing, you know, those things, how we grew up living off of a hundred dollars a week, how, you know, we lived in government housing, how, you know, just all of those things. And then the music, then people want to hear the music because they're going, who's this person that has done all these things that comes from, you know, this background. Now I want to check out what she created rather than jumping in and just saying, hey, I'm a really good singer. You should listen to my music. You know, there's just mm -hmm. such a great um, thing about being human and finding strength in some of those things that maybe some people are ashamed about or embarrassed about, you know, coming from kind of scratch. So that's basically, you know, I come from New Mexico and now I've, I've been all over the world now. I've traveled six continents and performed thousands of shows around the world. So it's been pretty a pretty wild journey but it's been awesome that's, that's super awesome and yeah, thanks for sharing that and i mean what a great what a great reminder of how important it is to you know to, like and, and actually how it can be a strength you know starting out from scratch starting out from like in things that we consider weaknesses because i mean yeah if you think about it it wouldn't be a very good story if there was no transformation right it's like if you just you you wouldn't watch harry potter or read harry potter it's just like Harry Potter was the most powerful wizard in the world. And he, he was just like, always what? was, like, always will be <laughs> the end. So wait, no, that's, that's not really how it works. And, and yeah, it seems like one thing that you just pointed to was really about the power of a good story and how a good story in a lot of cases is really about transformation. And so some of those things that you might be going through right now, if you're at that point where you're really struggling or you're really, you know, you're going through a difficult time, you know, with a little bit of perspective and, and a lot of, you know, work that you can transmute that into a huge, one of your greatest blessings. Yep. Well, and, and, you know, and like a big thing is, you know, like I, I lived in my car and I tell people about how I, you know, bathed in a gas station and I mean, just, just madness, you know, chaos as I was pursuing music and those things, those stories. And I, and I think that I, I meet so many artists that are like ashamed of those things. And they're, they're scared and they feel like this weight that they have to pretend that they're this successful, you know, artist that's doing all these big things. And whenever I kind of break it down and I start sharing, well, you know, guess what? Like people loved it when, you know, I shared my story. People loved it when I was really transparent because then people want to, they want to join you. They see you as a human. They see that you're like a, a something that they want to support. And I always tell everyone, I'm like, you know, if, if you were pitching your music or your story to like a news station, you know, is it, you know, what's more interesting to them? And, and, and imagine if they were like, you know, and next up, you know, Sarah Smith is a really good singer. You're not going to want to miss this. You know, like that's not going to keep someone watching. But, you know, imagine if someone's like, you know, homeless artist records, you know, album while living in her van listen to songs from my Dodge now or something like that. Then you're like, oh, she recorded this whole album in a van. And this is an extreme, you know, example, but I use that because I have worked with lots of artists that were in that same position that literally come on my webinars and are like, I'm living in a tent in the forest, you know, and I like just in, you know, just in these situations or, you know, working a job they don't like, or, you know, just going through the stresses of life. 
and saying like, this is a, a, a strength for you, you know, or the fact that I'm, I'm a single mom and I share that with everybody. And I share that, you know, like I'm changing diapers in between recording music and, you know, like those types of things, those are challenges, but th that's a great story. You know, single mom changes diapers and then hits the stage in front of, you know, a thousand people or whatever it is. I would want to read that rather than here's this perfect person just winning at life and always has like, there's no climax for that. You know, like that's not a script. Like you think of your life as a movie. It's just really important that people really think about, you know, their life and not feel ashamed about it. Just, and that's been a huge thing. And I've done so many like live webinars with people where I'm literally crying because people are sharing their story with me and I'm sharing their story, my story with them. And just to see that people, you know, feel, like so much weight off of their chest and their spirit saying, wait, I don't have to pretend. I can just be myself. And there's lots of strength in that. Lots of strength. Mm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That is, that is so powerful. And it's kind of a funny uh, paradox that, that those things that we tend to be most ashamed of the things that we're so scared of be, of being seen are the things that tend to be the things that really become huge blessings or things that help us to relate or empathize or have compassion for others and, you know, really can become a source of strength. I, I think all of us, like as, as humans and as artists, this is almost like a never ending, never ending journey of kind of honing in who we are and our, our, our through line and our story and figuring out how to communicate that in, in a way that's helps us relate with people. For me, like with starting Modern Musician and growing this business and, and also with Paradise Fears, you know, like it was over time really good at telling our story because, you know, you had to tell it over and over and over again and, mm -hmm. and you learn how to communicate it more effectively. The more new people you meet, the more times you tell it, the more little snippets and the different things that, that start to come out. But I remember starting out and kind of feeling like, like, I don't have a story to tell. Like, you know, I didn't, I like, who, who am I? Like, you know, like, like, what, what do I even, what's my story? Like what's unique about, about it. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what your recommendations would be for anyone who's here, who's kind of interested in refining, kind of figuring out like, what, what is it that is really compelling or relatable, or what is it that, you know, makes me attractive to media outlets and, and what, what kind of stories, how can I start to dig deeper and, and find those, those stories? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a great question. And I meet a lot of people that are like, I don't have a story. I'm boring and everyone does. And, and the thing is like, if you were to, let's say you had a, you want to get on, you know, television or radio, that sort of thing. There's a couple things that you can do. So first, before you kind of think about your story and everything, there needs to be an event. And the event would be that you're releasing a single, you're releasing an album, you're going on tour, you know, you're whatever it is, you're opening up for such and such artists. Like there has to be something that's newsworthy. Cause again, it can't just be Hey, I'm a really good singer. That's not a, that's not a news, you know, that's not a headline, you know? So when you think of your life as like a headline, so you kind of think about, you know, okay, what, first, what do I want to promote? So, you know, if it's a single or music video or that sort of thing, you think about that. Then you start thinking about how that story is relates to your life. So you might start writing down one, what's interesting about you. And that can be your upbringing, you know, like for myself, I talk about how I was raised by pigs. I mean, raised by pigs, how I raised pigs. <laughs> That's an even wow. more interesting this story. This story just got way more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
how I was raised by pigs in the jungle. It was amazing, guys. It's crazy <laughs> how I raised pigs. How I mom. This is like a jungle book. <laughs> so the jungle, the jungle book of 2021. It's crazy. It was crazy, guys. It was wild. Me and all my my pig family. Um, so <laughs> I raised pigs, uh, mowed lawns, and you know had all these farmer friends. You know everyone had tractors, like rode on horses, and you know that sort of thing. And you know, and, and so I lost my train of thought because that's so funny. But thinking about, okay, what's interesting about myself? And then also start asking yourself, what's like a, an interruption? Like, how do you grab people's attention? And, and the way that you grab people's attention is by doing a number of things. One, you need to be either interesting, inspiring. You need to, you know, have something like sad or heartbreaking or happy and uplifting or controversial, you know, just different things. I mean, you have like Artists like Adele, for example, you know, when she her 21 album came out, the never mind, I'll find someone like you. When you knew her story, like that was like her boyfriend cheated on her, right? It didn't necessarily have to be her long story of her life, but there was a story about that song, which made it very, very interesting. You know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, the Becky with the good hair, you know, and, and they were very open about that too. And I thought that was really powerful about the infidelity and stuff, people know the Beyonce song. And so finding, okay, is there something really interesting about my life? You know, did I overcome anything? Is something about my life inspiring? Is something, you know, is something really happy and uplifting? You know, is something very interesting? You know, like what is it about my life then? And you just start writing down things, you know, if you were telling the story of your life. And then also moving from your life, like I've used the Adele song, is there also something interesting about this song? You know, did, was this song inspired because my girlfriend cheated on me with my best friend? You know, that's like a, that's a story right there, you know, or, you know, did I, you know, I, I, you know, maybe your mom was battling cancer and you shaved your head and now you have this song called Believe or something, you know what I mean? That's a story too. Like what, what, what about the song or what about your life is you know, creates this feeling. It just has to create something. It has to create some sort of feeling. It can't just be, you know, Bob Smith released a song because that doesn't create anything. That's very neutral. So, and then you have some artists that are just very controversial. I mean, Eminem was a really great example of that. You know, I mean, he got, he, and, you know, so talented and brought on, you know, it was, he was in the headlines all the time because he was so controversial. He said a lot of crazy things. And, that's just another feeling. He created a feeling. And so it's really that, like everyone should really look at their life, say, you know, what, what about, you know, my upbringing is, you know, again, interesting, fun, controversial, sad, heartbreaking, sexy, you know, whatever that is, just create a feeling. And then, you know, what have I overcome? Have I overcome anything? You know, The Pursuit of Happiness is an amazing movie because of what he had to go through. Like he, you know, him sleep, if you guys remember the scene where he's like sleeping in the bathroom with his son, I mean, God, it's heartbreaking. But then at the end, you're so excited to see him win. And, you know, if you think of your life as a script, what is, you know, what have I overcome? Or I had, I was working with an artist and he had never even done a song in his life, never even written a song, never done anything. And he went through one of my trainings on the media, on how to get booked in media. He created one song. And the way he pitched it was he was living on an island for like two years. So he was like trapped on an island, you know, created my first song and was able to get on the CW. He got on major television within days. It was his first song he'd ever written. And on top of that added, and this is another big one, is, is something in your life relatable to what's 
currently happening and whether that be in the news, whether that be in pop culture. For example, during COVID, he was a really great guy and he was donating masks to like the hospitals. So it has nothing to do with the song. The song wasn't like, put your mask on or anything like that. It had nothing to do with COVID. It was just a feel good song. But because in his current situation, he was doing something that was, that, you know, was aligned with what was happening locally and, and or not even local, globally, they found it you know, interesting. It was a story. Here's a guy that had lived on the island and now he's here. He's donating masks to these hospitals and he released this really great feel-good song, you know, and that that pertained to what was happening in the news as well. So there's many avenues that you can look at on how to really approach it and get a network or a radio station interested in your music and most importantly, the story. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, that's that's so so valuable. This is a good time to to bring up. I've I've been w- wondering or, or waiting. I feel like this is such a great like viral video song idea in the making that probably at some point someone can take and run with this. But it goes with what you just said in terms of like you know things that are happening right now. And I think if someone did like a parody version of I can see clearly now the rain is gone, but like just change the words of like. I can, I can breathe clearly now the mask is gone. And the whole yes. song was just like a parody about like, you know, COVID ending <laughs> and, you know, maybe about some of the, the political tensions or things, you know, just like, yeah, I think there's yeah. an opportunity there for like- well, And then they could have the glasses mask. and then the glasses like fog up, you know, because I don't know if you had that problem. When I had my mask on, if I wore glasses, it was like foggy, I couldn't see anything. That would be really funny. Well, and that's a good point because humor, and that was something I didn't mention. That's another big one. I don't know if you guys remember that song. She thinks my tractor's sexy. You know, I'm not even like a big country, you know, uh, fan. But I had to listen to that song. You know, like that was just what, you know, what is this? And, and, and you know, I, I don't know if there was a story behind that song or what it was. But that would have been a good, you know, time to say that. You know, hey, I had a, a crush on Sally down the street. She never paid attention to me until I got this big tractor. And now she wants to, you know, talk to me. Or, you know, something like that. That's just a funny, instead of just, you know, she thinks my tractor's sexy. That's already really great alone. But then if you add, you know, hey, I had braces and pimples and nobody paid attention. And then I got my tractor. Now the girls like me. You know, just something that being open about what makes you human, really. Yeah, that's so good. And and I love like so many of those cues that you just shared are so valuable. I hope that people here are just like taking notes and like writing down those different prompts as ways to sort of brainstorm your own story and look for those little gold nuggets and those different things that you can communicate, different angles you can take for different experiences you've gone through. Also, a lot of times I think that those are also opportunities to, if you haven't yet, like actually write songs for some of those. And like if you've gone through some really traumatic, you know, things in your life when you were growing up or, or something that you know, music is just, it's kind of, it seems like that's what it's here for is like to, to help you to express and, and put a voice to some of those feelings. And so I think it's just a really valuable practice to have a document or a mind map or something that you can break down the stories and be able to, to share. One thing I'd be interested to hear, hear um, your take on or have a discussion about, and I feel like the question you asked about, you know, what, what hurdles have you overcome is such a powerful one because that's really kind of like a core core in any good story or any good hero's journey is that there's like there needs to be some sort of like core hurdle or some core challenge or some core sort of struggle and then the hero has to sort of overcome this this challenge and through the process of doing so they you know become 
a, a different different person and then they're able to transform because of it and what that sort of invokes in me is the idea of the the hero's journey and you know this idea i think it was a joseph campbell really sort of coined and started looking at these archetypes between behind all behind human myths and found these similarities between all of these like hollywood stories where they had the same the same framework that the heroes like Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker and other people were were going through. So I would love to maybe talk a little bit about that and hear your perspective on hero's journey and how as artists we might be able to apply some of those some of those phases of the hero's journey into thinking about our own kind of our own through line, our own narrative. Absolutely. I I every artist that I talk to, I mean, there's never an artist that I meet that says, I only make music just because I want to be rich and famous. I mean, everyone that I've learned, I, I feel like we're all a bunch of hippies that actually want to either make people feel good or inspire people or, you know, make people just have a good time and dance, you know, that sort of thing. I, I meet so many artists that are like, I want to, you know, start a nonprofit or I want to donate, you know, the proceeds to this or I want to raise money for cancer research or, you know, whatever it is. And I found that at, on a deeper foundational level, that that's where our passion comes from. And we want to heal people. I mean, music is so incredibly powerful. You know, you can bring someone to tears. You know, I've been playing in restaurants, you know, just a regular restaurant. And couples have come up crying, you know, saying, hey, you, you know, played our song that we got married to 30 years ago. And today's our anniversary. And, you know, so and what I've found even more so is, you know, if you share like like we were talking about the hero's journey, if you also share how you've arrived where you are, you know, that, and, and, and someone doesn't even have to be an artist. Like if I talk to people about how I used to sell my music door to door, like I did for many years, I used to knock on people's doors. People would slam doors in my face. They'd yell at me. They'd call me names. They'd tell me to get a real job. You know, I would cry in alleyways because many, at many points in my life, I didn't even have a car. So I would just get dropped off in these areas and just walk around with the uh, albums. You know, at one point I had this like little scooter. It was like a little electric scooter. I used to charge it at night and it would help me get from house to house. And everywhere that I would go, there'd be like groups of kids that would, they thought I was cool, right? I was really cool to 10 year olds. I don't know about anybody else, but all the kids thought I was cool. So that's all that mattered. And they would follow me around through the neighborhoods. And, you know, I would, I, I've gotten chased by dogs, you know, like pit bulls and all kinds of crazy stuff. But when I share this with people, when I talk to people about, look, growing up, I thought rich people ate Lunchables. That's what I thought, because our family couldn't afford them. You know, we couldn't, the, you know, little crackers with the meat and the cheese. And, and then if you get really fancy, you get the one with the Capri Sun and the, you know, like the Snickers bar. Hmm. You know, sharing that, like, this is my journey. I started from here. We lived in government housing. We did all those things. You know, I had high water pants. You know, like it, it was, that was my upbringing. And then when I got in high school, I started selling chocolate. I started selling caramel apple suckers and, you know, saving money so that I could record. And then also talking about the things that, you know, were, were very difficult and, you know, and it, it's uncomfortable. Like it is uncomfortable to talk about some of the things that you've been through. You know, I, I've just recently started talking about my very first concert that I opened. I was opening up for Pitbull and it was, he wasn't as big as he is now, but where I'm from, there's a lot of violent crimes and there was a drive-by you know, so bullets go through the wall and we're like hitting the ground. And, you know, then my car got shot up. I had bullet holes in my house. Like it was a consistent thing and going, you know, I, I, I was always aware of that. I, and I wasn't really hiding it, but I never shared with people 
that that was where I came from. My first boyfriend died of a drug overdose. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of drugs and those types of things. I never really thought it was very relevant, but when I share people with those, share those things with people, and then I go, now here's a song I wrote. And it could be about anything. Now, a, a great song would be, here's an inspiring song. But even if here's, you know, here's a, a song that I've written. The fact that you're still, after all the things that you've been through in life, whether it be heartbreak, whether it be extreme loss, whether it be poverty, whether, whatever it is, whatever your journey, however it's taken you, to then still be on your feet making music, like that's what makes you. And, and I wouldn't be in this position that I am to have this, I have so much freedom because I had to learn how to do everything from scratch. And so I have so much freedom that I can turn away opportunities, I can create opportunities, but sharing you know, those hardships are what ha has made people interested in interviewing me and sharing my music. And just that journey of here's where I started and here's you know, where I am. And, and you know, our life looks like this, you know, like, and becoming a mother and you know the the challenges of doing that you know alone and that sort of thing those are very uncomfortable conversations to have but what i found was when i started sharing those things the amount of people reaching out to say you know what i didn't think i could do it until i saw that you did or i didn't think that i had an opportunity to do this it's because everyone tells me that you can't be a mom you know you can't have a baby you can't be over 21. I've met a lot of people that are like that. I'm not 18 anymore. I can't do it. You know, that I got to look a certain way or I have to make a certain style of music or I, I can't be older. You know, I have, you know, just lots of things. There's all these myths that people have and that they've, you know, kind of ingrained in their head and that they believe. And because, because of that, I found that, hey, I share my story. It inspires people. There's so many people watching right now that have something stories inside of them that they haven't shared you know that they're ashamed of that have made them feel like they're not good enough or not whatever enough you know fill in the blank not smart enough, not cute enough not whatever enough but that journey is what makes it just resonates with people and we're talking about television and radio but it also everything like with your fan base with the people like they will you know when you when when you talk about trying to create super fans, you know, and fans, super fans, you know, spend hundreds to thousands of dollars. I've had, I've had super fans that have supported my music career that have spent in the tens of thousands of dollars supporting my crowdfunding campaigns, supporting, you know, my singles releases and those types of things. But those come from the more transparent I can be. If I try to pretend that, you know, I, I posted a picture yesterday on Instagram that was like, here's Instagram life. And I'm like, all cute. And then it's like versus reality. And it, I'm with my son and my, you know, just a madness, my hair's all whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'll say that I got so many messages from people and I wasn't even trying to like, I, I just thought it was funny. Like here's Instagram and here's what my life really is like. I got so many messages from people that were just like, man, you know, I'm so glad you did that. I feel like I can do it. I got a lot of moms because that's a big part of my story. You know, a lot of moms that are like, I just, do you really think that I could do this? And I think that as an artist, regardless of you know your situation, it feels good to have people say, "Your music has helped me through this. Your story about you know the music has helped you know me through this." And I always use this as an example because Eric Clapton, if you remember Tears from Heaven, would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Beautiful song. If you don't know the story behind that, you know his his they were I think he had, I'm not sure if he had come home or he was at a hotel. But someone was cleaning the windows and they left the window open. 
and his when they came to the residence, his son took off running and didn't realize that it was a window that was open. And he ran and he fell um, off of the building and passed away. And imagine if he never wrote that song. Imagine if he said, you know, it hurts too much. You know, I can't, I can't talk about it. Like, and that's a lot of people. A lot of people have gone through things that it's like, like even right now as I'm talking about it, I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. You know, because it's like, but he went up there and said, no, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to sing this song. Would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Like that's some powerful, powerful lyrics. You know, like, can you imagine how hard it was to get up on stage and, and sing those words and replay that through his mind? And I've found that my journey, I've had, you know, my hardships and the things that have, you know, gone through, you know, I've gone through a lot of relationships, physical abuse and all of those things. And it's embarrassing and it's hard to talk about. But when I share it, the amount of healing that it provides for people. And, you know, ultimately, yes, you build fans, you end up making more money. I mean, all those things come anyways. But I really think on a foundational level, if we're, if we just really focus on what is it about our journey that it is, is I, I always encourage everybody, we can really heal a lot of people. Those talents and gifts that we have, we, you know, when you just say, hey, I love you, when you sing it, I love you, it's a totally different effect that it has on people. So it, I, I just, just kind of, I know I kind of circled around a lot of different places, but sh that's why that story is so important, because it is so powerful. And that example is like a very extreme example, but it was difficult for him. And a lot of people watching right now are probably saying the same thing. It's difficult to talk about this, but imagine what you can do for people when you do talk about it. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians, and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now, we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars, the first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're gonna have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you wanna take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. 
Yeah, I find myself in the camp of, of someone who's trying to hold himself back from tears after hearing that story with Eric Clapton. I didn't know that that's where the song came from, but wow. I mean, so that's so that's so powerful. And yeah, brave for him to, to share that and to like the, the impact that he made on other people. I mean, there's so many people who have lost a loved one and lost a kid and to be able to have to share that song whew, that's that's powerful and also i mean everything that you just shared was just such a perfect example of like you, know, you sharing your story really highlights everything we're talking about here at like a at like you know it's like watch watch and like listen as she's sharing her story like in that like all the elements that we're talking about are incorporated in that you know and for for me like with modern musician my story i talked a lot about when we started out we lived in our van we slept in walmart parking lots we struggled people called us paradise queers you know and, and it was <laughs> and it was uh and it was challenging you know like and and we worked we worked really really hard and and that and ate peanut butter tortillas you know for breakfast lunch and dinner so but like i didn't just like like that that story has become really powerful to share and i think inspiring for a lot of people and it, it wasn't just something that was just always like instantly like like there it's something that over time you know you you learn how to cultivate the, the story and you learn the parts of of your own story that are most inspiring to share and i think that the, a lot of, there's a lot of really good pointers here that that we're talking about and really thinking back to like what are the most challenging times or struggle? Like what are the most, uh, what are the biggest hurdles I had to overcome? And, and also thinking about just like the low points in your life and the high points in your life it could be both of them. When I talk when I, when I think about the high points in my life, I think about when Xander, like my son was born, when I first became a dad and yeah, that, that makes me feel emotional. And it, and it was just, it was one of the best moments of my life. And, you know, I, I think all of us have those stories, those ups and those downs, and they tend to also be, how we can really inspire people and really can, can connect and relate with people. And especially like, we all love, we all love hearing stories about transformation. And so like, yeah, I think that doing some digging in your own life and finding out those things that you've, they've, they've gone through, they've overcome, we tend to overlook, we tend to take for granted because after you've, you've got, you've overcome them, you kind of, it's easy to lose touch with who you were before, before you overcame that but maybe you used to have social anxiety and you used to feel super uncomfortable talking to people and expressing yourself and then you got on stage and you started playing music and people started to pay attention and you started to find your voice and you found it was a way to connect with people and now your music is a way for you to overcome your social anxiety you know like there's there's like that's a that's a story that's and, and, and so i was going to say also yeah. as you're you're mentioning this this is a, a good thing because i get asked this a lot too you know a lot of people don't want to share it because that fear of rejection you know the fear of people you know because when you lay it all out there it's it there's a lot of vulnerability there you know if you like i even like I, when I share stuff about, you know, being a mom, there's always haters. Like I had to delete some stuff today. You know, there's always people on there, like, you know, they have their own opinions and stuff. It will always happen. You know, there always will be. And, and there's going to be people that call you names, you know, paradise queers. Like that's just, you know, like people just, you know, it's funny now, but I'm sure at the time it wasn't very funny, but you know, like it, people are going to hate no matter what, if you do anything, they're going to hate. And, but that's not what you're doing it for. You're not doing it for those people because those people make up a small majority. You're doing it for the people that you care about. And if you think about consistently about how are people going to react negatively to my story? How are people going to react? Then you you start creating these reservations about it. But really those people that they're just, they hate everything. They're going to hate you no matter what you do. 
you know, and so it's keeping those people to the side and then, you know, figuring out, you know, what's good for you. And I'll, and I'll say, you know, I mean, here's an example. I used to play in a, a lounge in Hollywood and I remember this guy, you know, came up and I was in the middle of singing a song. It was really awkward. And he's like, Hey, and he comes at my piano and I'm like singing and he's like, what's your number? And I'm like, in the middle of like, I don't know, brown eyed girl. You know, like, uh, hey, what you feeling? And he's like, what's your net number? And he kept on asking and asking. And I was like, you know, hey, I, I'm in the middle of singing. I, 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 no, I'm not going to give you my phone number. He got so irate and he started screaming at the top of my lungs and calling me all these like terrible names. I mean, it was incredibly embarrassing. And I just kept playing and I was trying not to cry because he was so incredibly rude. And the whole lounge was staring. And I felt just like... I, I didn't know what people were thinking. I didn't know if I should have said something. I didn't know whether to stop. I just kind of kept going and I took a break. I finished and he, he ended up walking out and I went to the back and I cried because it was so, again, it was just like mortifying, you know, to have this guy yelling at me and calling me like all these names just because I wouldn't give him my phone number. And then I thought, and I've had so many moments like this where it's just like, okay, what is it that I do now? you know, do I cry and go home? You know, like, what is it that, and, and I go, these are those moments that, that really define you and, and separate you. Cause it's, it's really like success as an artist really isn't based on, you know, who's the most talented or can sing the best or play the best or anything like that. It's really like 10% talent and like 90% like hustle. Like that's what I always said. It was like 90% hustle. Who's grinding harder. And so when I went out there and this was a crazy, crazy contrast because I went out there and I always try to tell the story and not cry. So I'm going to try not to cry. But so I started singing this other song and it, you know, and it was a long gig. It was like a four hour gig. So it was like the last set. And I remember this couple came in and they sat down, you know, in the, it was more of like a lounge. So kind of a table and they had a baby with them and I, I couldn't really see them. And I wasn't really paying a ton of attention, but I was playing and, and I saw that they brought the baby out and they were dancing with the baby. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. So sweet. And I look over and it's the mom and the dad. And then when I looked closer, I saw that the baby didn't have any arms or any legs. It was just, you know, the core body. And the baby must have been, gosh, like three months old. And I thought, man, you know, and I'm singing and I'm like, don't look, don't look, because you're going to cry. You know what I mean? Don't think about it. Don't do anything. You're creating this experience for them right now that they're able to, you know, enjoy with their, with their child. And so don't cry, you know, and I just remember thinking, had I stopped today, had I said, this is too hard, people are hating on me, people are calling me names, people are, you know, the, you know, the guy had just, I had literally just cried in the closet, you know, like that was where I was. And now it was like the most, like that was, that, that night is one of the most defining things for me when I look at like a lot of things in my life. Cause it was just me and those people. I wasn't getting anything else from it. There wasn't like cameras. There wasn't like anything. It was just me and those people. And I had a real moment and going, this is why we do this. This is why we do this as artists because of moments like this, because we're able to create these feelings for people. And, you know, and, and even that, like sharing that story with people, when I tell people about that and they go, man, I've had haters, I've had people, you know, and that might be your story, whoever, you know, whoever story watching, you know, maybe people have been bullied. Maybe people have been told that they're never going to amount to anything. You know, maybe they've been told that, 
you know, they need to go get a real job or, you know, whatever it is that we always hear as artists, you know, you can't make money off music, you know, you go get a plan B, you know, and those types of things. And when I share that story with people, they go, oh man, now I feel like I can do it. When I tell people about when I cried in the alleyways and, and, you know, continued going door to door, those types of things, you know, it just makes people feel like, you know, they can, you know, they can, they can do it too. So moving on, you know, and I know I, I really, really stick on the story, but, you know, back on the subject, I guess, of this whole interview on major television and radio, people go, okay, well, is there an exact formula on how to get on these things? Well, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, right? You're reaching out to television on, you can do Instagram, Facebook, email, you can call them, you can go on their website and see where to submit your story. But as long as you have a great story, and as long as they're able to, you know, become aware of it, it doesn't matter the avenue in which you do it. It doesn't matter if you show up and you say, here's my story. It, it doesn't have to be like, it has to be on Instagram. It has to be an email and it has to be formatted this way. It has to, no, because once you have the story, people are going to gravitate towards that. They want you on the television station. They want you on the radio station. And especially the more inspiring it is, heartwarming it is, the more it tugs at people's heartstrings too, by you being transparent and vulnerable. A lot of TV stations, that's what they want because then you have families watching. You know, news stations have families, there's kids watching, it has to be family friendly. So sharing those struggles, sharing those things that you go through, and sharing those things that make you cry. I mean, I've cried so many times on webinars and it just, it, it affects people in such an amazing way. So I, I would hope that that's what people would gather, um, especially from today. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, th thank you for sharing that. It is, isn't it kind of weird how it seems like there's almost a universal law that it's like right behind those most traumatic experiences or those those things that go wrong or you know whatever it is like right behind it, it, it tends to be like it's like the last thing before you kind of break through so it's like if you do like you have a big goal and it's like you're you're you know you're trying to achieve something and then it's like right before success you're like you're approaching the finish line then all of a sudden like you know, everything yeah. goes haywire and like something terrible happens right. and like you're saying like those are really kind of those those character defining moments where it's like you know, you're, you're just, you're just a little bit away. Like you're like, this really, and it's going to make the story so much better. It's almost like the universe, like wants to test your resolve and wants to be like, okay, well, do you, how much do you really want this? Do you really want this thing? And, and so for anyone who feels like, yeah, they're, they're kind of in, like they're going through something or a challenge or something like that in their life right now. And yeah, I think it helps to be prepared and to not, and to understand like, okay, like when those things happen, that's, that's the time to, to lean in and it's okay to, to embrace that and so to actually use it for strength and that it can, that it does build a lot of character. And it's how, the way that you described it, like, you know, going, having that moment where, where you cried and you really had to absorb what just happened and then right on the other side of it, based on that decision, we were able to make you know, that family stay so, so powerful. So I, I really appreciate you sharing, sharing that story. So let's talk a little bit more about some potential ideas, because like you said, I, I think it's, it's I'm, I'm really glad that we spent a lot of time focusing on the source material and talking about the stories, because that's, that's like the, the magic sauce, right? Like that's the magic sauce for both what, what we're talking about with, you know, getting media outlet coverage, and also just in terms of being a human and being successful in anything, like as as, as communities, like we have evolved to learn how to communicate through stories and stories are, you know, you learning how to share your story in a way that's compelling is something that's going to benefit you in, in every area of your life. And probably the number one factor of your success getting on, you know, media outlets is 
at least a huge lever is the quality of, of your story, right? So, so let's say that someone has sort of start, done this process of refining and, you know, they've got a few different stories that, that in different angles and, you know, they're, they're things that maybe they have friends and family or other people they've talked to and they know that they've resonated, the things that bring up some emotion and the things that would be really inspiring. And they think, okay, this might be a good, a good angle. What would you do right now if, if you were at that point where you haven't really built up many connections yet with press or with like media outlets and you've got an event coming up, maybe you've got a, a EP or a single release coming up four months from now, what would your approach be in terms of starting to leverage the story so you could you could really capitalize on the release the best? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. There's a few things, you know, as someone figures out, you know, what's what makes me unique? You know, so for me, it's, you know, I, I, you know, came from a, you know, small upbringing and, or a humble upbringing. I'm a single mom, I'm Hispanic, I'm a female, you know, name all the things about you. Because then at that point, just the fact that you're a female or a male or the fact, you know, whatever it is, you can then find outlets that support females, right? Like female business owners, female musicians, like there's, you know, or, or Hispanic you know, entrepreneurs, you know, because music, we're a small business owner. You can then start going, well, what do I fall under? Because there's going to be outlets that want to support you just because of that. And I'll uh, use this as an example. I had written a song about losing someone. And in the music video, I had my brother who's in the military. My family's all military. So I have a really big respect for anyone that serves. So the whole video was about losing someone, you know, in, in, in the military. At that point, you go, okay, what I did was I said, I have a single coming out about, I, I wrote about losing my best friend, but you know, the music video is, is all based around military. So I'm now going to go seek out blogs, podcasts, you know, websites that also support veterans, military, America, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to reach out to them because it's relevant. So that's another big thing. Like if, if you're reaching out to a country music blog and you're a hip hop artist, that, that's not a good decision, right? It, and then you might even feel bad, like how come they didn't feature me, I must suck. No, you just chose the wrong venue, you know, the wrong avenue to, you know, get published. And so it, it's really thinking about, you know, again, I'm Hispanic, you know, so for me, I'm gonna look at two like Hispanic, you know, e-zines, magazines, you know, those types of things that support Hispanic people. And then, then I will start, you know, at that point, it's really easy to find how to submit to them. It's usually right on their website. Like it just needs to make sense. So if you're going, okay, I'm a Hispanic female. And, you know, again, with the, the video that I did based around military, I can then Google and say, there's Facebook groups. There's huge Facebook groups that, you know, and, and on all these are media, but, you know, you can also, again, podcasts, magazines, there's even college radio stations, you know, those types. Reach out to something that's relevant. And what I've always told everybody is the easiest media to get into is something local, something local to where you are. Because even the fact that you're from there is something that's relevant. You know, local aspiring singer, you know, puts out album about such and such, you know, maybe donating 10% of the profits to, you know, the local hospital or something. You know, something like that is always really great, you know, incorporating something that helps the community. You know, it, it helps. It's it. I feel like a lot of musicians are like, I want to change the world when I reach here when I'm rich and famous. But in the meantime, we can be doing our part like, hey, I'm, I'm donating 10% of it to such and such hospital. So not only are you donating some of the proceeds, but 
whatever TV station or radio station or podcast that you go on, you're bringing attention to that uh, organization as well, which is really valuable. So I would say, you know, again, writing down, you know, what, what makes me different? You know, if you are, if you're a veteran, that's a great one, you know, cause there's going to be plenty of, of places that are going to want to uh, interview you. Just the fact that you've, you know, served, you know, those types of things, or you're a dad, you know, that's a big one. There's plenty of like, you know, you know, single dads or dads unite, you know, those types of things, podcasts, the tell, you know, if you, if locally, again, if there's, you know, if you're performing at a local event, like I did, I did a fundraiser for, so my father served in Iraq. And when him and his battalion came back after being gone for 18 months, I was performing. Now I could have just performed and that would have been that, but it's an opportunity to bring more attention to it. So at that point, reaching out to the local television station, that headline now becomes, you know, daughter of, you know, Sergeant, you know, currently coming back from Iraq will be performing at the, I, I forgot what the event was, you know, at the such and such event on May 19th. So there's your event, the performance, but here's the story. So I'm the daughter of a man who's coming back from Iraq. So just thinking about what's going on in my life, who am I? And, and then what, what, avenues, what media outlets will be interested in me simply because of who I am? What media outlets will be interested in me because it's relevant to what's happening? You know, at the time it was right after 9-11, you know, when I was performing, you know, two years later after my dad returned, but it was still a big issue, you know? So of course they wanted to talk to me. Of course they wanted to hear what it was like, you know, to be the, you know, it was a very hard time for me and my family and to talk about that, you know, and then the music kind of is like the, you know, it's, it's almost like not the most important thing. And that's what I think most people are just so focused on the music, but it's when it comes to news and media, it's everything before that. I mean, I could have been a baker. I could have said, and I make cakes. You know what I mean? It wouldn't even have mattered. I could have promoted anything at that point. We just happened to all be musicians, but they were already interested because it was relevant to local news. It was relevant to national news as well because of what was happening globally. And then I was able to introduce my music um, because of it. So uh, really just thinking about what is it, name everything about you, everything about you, who you are, you know, your story, and then start seeking out those outlets. And usually they have like a, you know, if you find like a, a you know, the local TV station, another thing that you can do is besides like going on the website and there's usually like a link that says submit a story. Like it's usually that simple. Like it's right. You can do that to Oprah, by the way, you can submit a story to Oprah. I did when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to get on Oprah, you know? And so it's, it's not hard to, you know, reach and maybe it's going to have to go through, you know, there's a filtration system. There's people reading and it goes to the next one. But the fact that you can submit your story directly like it's there. You can go right now, Oprah.com. It'll be right there. Submit a story. Locally, it's there. Also on another level, what I like to do is I always like to think, how do I get to the people that work there? Because maybe I'm going to send it on this email, but maybe it's an intern and maybe that intern doesn't find it interesting or compelling because they don't relate to it or whatnot. But it doesn't mean that it's not interesting. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have a chance. I'll then go find all of the TV anchors like who's all the TV anchors. And then I go find them on Instagram and then I DM them directly. Like now you're getting directly to the people who actually there's a face and there's a name, you know, Bob Smith at Fox news in, you know, Wichita, Kansas, you know, and it's there and you can reach them directly. Just it's, it's very simple process. I mean, I've, I've used that process for so many different things, but you know, finding them on Instagram, finding them on Facebook, 
you know, finding them, you know, in, on all these social media networks, we're living in a time where we have access. I mean, back then we couldn't have done that. There would have been no way. I mean, you, maybe you could find out where they live and then you're, you know, it'd be really weird and they're going to ask you to leave. Now, the fact that we can reach out to people so easily and, you know, have an opportunity to at least be seen, at least to be considered for it is a huge opportunity. So many people are scared to even ask. Ask, put your story together, find the local network, find the local podcast or the local website, contact those people. Because even if they don't like it the first time, maybe in a few months, you're going to have something else that's different. You know, I, I you know, maybe you are going to have something more interesting later, or maybe they're going to like the next song that you come out with. Don't just try once and give up. I always tell everyone I have a 90, at least a 90% failure rate, like nine out of 10 times I fail. So 10%, that's an F in all, you know, if, if that's in school, that's an F, but there's a really great saying that I love. I used to see this on a, a classroom when I was in elementary school and it's always stuck with me. And it says a big shot is just a little shot that kept shooting. And I love that because I've always felt like that. For me, it was like failure after failure after failure after failure, but I didn't have an ego that kept me back from continuing to shoot because I didn't care. I was just like, I don't care. My life is going to be like this. I'm gonna do music for a living. I'm gonna travel the world. I'm gonna do all these cool things. And I don't care how many times I have to fail to get there. And so I would encourage that for other people to reach out to a hundred venues, like don't send five emails and then go, nobody got back to me. They don't like me because at the same time, they may love you, but it just might not be relevant to right now. They might be like, Hey, this week is Hispanic heritage month. And maybe you're Asian and they're trying to just have Hispanics on that week, you know, and so it has nothing to do with you. They could love you. It just maybe the theme of the week is, you know, something that you don't happen to fall in that category. So that's what's really important too, is reach out over and over again. Just make sure that you've done a good job of putting together a good presentation, you know, presenting that story and that it's relevant to whatever outlet you're reaching out to. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, and that's definitely like a, a good thing that keeps coming up as a pattern over and over again is is talking about the the willingness to try and keep trying and keep failing and keep you know, failing. And I, I love the way that you put it that 90% quote unquote failure rate, because it, it seems like it's, it's so easy to get discouraged after you reach out four or five times and you don't hear anything back. And, and I mean, it's a pretty common principle. I think of the most successful people like Thomas Edison talks about the light bulb, right? And so every failure is another, every, every mistake is a learning lesson that kind of gets you closer. It's kind of like shooting, shooting a basketball, right? Like if you like shoot a basketball at a hoop then you're pr unlikely you're going to just make it the first time ever shooting basketball. You're probably not going to just make it into the hoop from a three point, but you know, you shoot it and you see, okay, where did it fall? And then based on that feedback, you can keep shooting it and keep shooting it. And as long as you're paying attention to like, okay, I shot it, where did it land? And you can kind of adjust your approach. Then, you know, it really is just a numbers game and just being, being willing to be the person who gets rejected or fails or, or like, you know, doesn't uh, reach the goal. The, the first 10 times and just keeps going. I think it's super, super There's, a, there's one more quote that I love too, that's totally on this subject. And, and it, it's, it goes, most people are not willing to be bad at something long enough to get good at it. Everyone wants to go from A to Z, you know, and they don't want this. And, you know, and I will say, 
the successful artists that I've met and for myself, and I'm sure it's true, you know, from the stories that you've shared with me as well, we were just willing to be bad at it. We were willing to take, to make mistakes. You know, I joke with people that one of the first times I was ever on stage, like I am not a natural on stage. Now I'm very comfortable on stage. I'm not nervous at all, but that wasn't a comfortable place for me. And when I first started, I mean, I was like, you know, cause I was playing piano. So I was playing as a, as a kid, but I was like 12 or 13. I mean, it was already like not acceptable anymore. And I got on stage and I got so nervous that I froze. I peed in my pants, like not even lying. I totally <laughs> peed in my pants entirely. It wasn't like a little bit. It was like just unbelievable. And I froze and I couldn't move. And I remember there's probably like 200 people in the audience. Like it wasn't like a little thing, you know, it was um, not 200 people. And I remember there was like a little puddle like under me, like it was just all bad, like all bad. And um, the producer of the show comes out and he grabs me and he just kind of like, and I had this like, you know, the smile on your face where you're like faking a smile, like you don't have the eyes. You're just like, <laughs> like, I just had this like, <laughs> you know, and he just pulls me off the stage. And my mom, I, she didn't say anything to me, but she just brought me to the car, gave me a new pair of pants. We've never even talked about it. It was so mortifying. I think I wanted to pretend that it never happened. But it's funny now. That was an epic failure. I don't know anybody that has completely peed in their pants on stage. Like, we hit wrong notes. You know, things, we might fall. I think Fergie had an instance where she did something like that. But it wasn't, you know, I guess hers is worse because it was national news. But I, I just share this because I've had a lot of epic failures. and. I'm sure there's lots of people watching that have too. It makes our story fun. It makes it interesting, but you have to keep going though. You don't want to end right there. Like that was the end of my career. You know? <laughs> now it's not really a story. It's like, oh, so you quit. You know, like that's not, but people remember you when you reach those high points. You know, you don't want to end at the low points. You want to keep going. And that's what I've always told myself. I'm like, this is the part where it gets interesting. This is the climax. This is the part where I, you know, when I was bathing in that gas station, I remember going, I can't wait to tell people about this. I can't wait to say that I had to go through this and that I was willing to do this for what I love. And, you know, I, I was excited about it. I was like, I am so excited that I get to share this. Now it still sucked. You know what I mean? But I knew in my heart, I had decided that this wasn't the end of my story. This is the middle. You know, this is the middle. This is the part where it's going to get really good. And this is the part where other people are going to read this and go, oh, man. Well, if she can do it, then I can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just had to share that because I, I know a lot of people have stage fright and all those types of things, too. So I, I just want to share that because I'm like, hey, if you just keep is, going. Good things can happen. Just don't stop there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably I, I, that's probably takes the cake for me in terms of, like, uh, stage fright stories. Yeah, you know, for, for me, I, I remember distinctly a piano recital when I was growing up and I had like a panic attack and I was chewing a piece of gum. And when I went up on stage, I like froze, but like my jaw was just like, was just like going like crazy. And that was like the takeaway from, from everyone. But I can't say that I ever peed my pants while, while I was performing, but that's a great story. And, and yeah, I think you're totally right too. And, and it's one of the key factors I think that distinguishes people who become successful at something from the people who give up is the people who are successful are willing to, like you said, they're willing to not be good and to understand that it's a temporary thing. And, and, and even that, like, if you imagine for a second, anything worthwhile 
that you can accomplish in your life that's actually going to bring meaning to your life that's going to bring fulfillment isn't going to be easy right like i think a lot of times people just they just want it to be easy like easy and it's and it's okay to like you know to make things streamlined simple you don't have to intentionally like cause yourself to suffer unnecessarily like there's you don't have to cause yourself to suffer unnecessarily but i think anything like you don't have to artificially create suffering like life is pretty good at doing that for you whether whether you want to or not right right and and so I think that the people who are successful are the, are the ones that that are able to embrace and acknowledge the the struggle and the challenge and to honor that and to see that as part of the the journey and like you know if if that didn't exist then it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a good story when you overcame it and it wouldn't be fulfilling to you and so it's not a sign of of something's wrong when you know when you have a challenge and that it's not all completely rainbows and butterflies it's not easy but it's in a lot of cases it's it's a sign that you're on the right path and that it's like oh yeah this is part of the challenge it's part of the struggle but i'm but i'm willing to like i've got my goal in mind i'm going to keep going no matter what like like what you said yep yeah absolutely and you know another point that as you were speaking that came to mind was it's not also just about what's happening externally but also the internal battles that you have, mm-hmm. you know, you're battling. And you, you mentioned a little bit earlier, but I know I didn't really touch on it, but overcoming depression, anxiety, you know, or even if it's still something that you battle with every day, you know, just uh, getting out of bed every morning. That was a big thing for me. I remember I used to, you know, when I was younger, I, I've gone through like alcoholism and just all, all kinds of things. And I would sleep every day. till two o'clock in the morning and I would drink. So I didn't have to look at my life. So I didn't have to, you know, deal with the life that I had created for myself. But that was a lot of internal battles, you know, like, and there was a lot of suffering that I created for myself, you know, that that based on my choices that I was making in my life, but I just didn't want to face head on what I had created. I would rather drink and, you know, be in this other world. But that's an internal battle. Sharing that with people, that would be an avenue. Like if I wrote a song about, you know, how I overcame that. Now I can reach out to those avenues about, you know, alcoholism or, you know, there's just different angles here. And then I was also, I I didn't mention this. I wanted to add as well. When I got on radio, I was on like Kiss FM and Power 106 and, you know, those big stations. And again, everything that I did, everyone always says, you can't do that. You can only do that if you're on a major label. I didn't even have a manager. I didn't have any money. You know, I wasn't paying anybody, like nothing like that. But the way that I got on was I didn't just reach out to the radio station, just like when I got on Fox and NBC and CBS multiple times, I reached out to the anchors. Well, on radio, I reached out to the DJs and I said, hey, you know, here's my story. Here's what I have going on. I'm coming into town because I'm doing a tour or whatever it is. I'm sleeping on couches, you know, strangers couches. Like I did that on a tour. But then sometimes these radio stations have a special segment for local artists or independent artists. Like some of them say, well, Friday nights from six to eight, we have a battle of the bands or battle of the local artists. Many of these stations already have that in place. And if you're coming into town, let's say you're doing a tour or it's local, it can, it's very possible that they can go, oh, not only can we play your song, but man, you're uh, really, we like your live performance. Why don't you come in and perform? Because I've done that. I've performed on a lot of radio stations. I even pitched something at one point where I used to bring a keyboard and they would play any song. I would say, play any song. I don't care what it is. And I'll, I'll play along with it. So it became this kind of fun thing, you know, where where on the radio, I got to talk and get interviewed. They played my song. 
I told my story. And then at the end, it would be, okay, now we're going to play this game where we play any song to Christine. And it was always fun, like hip hop songs or things that you wouldn't normally hear piano on. And then I would turn into like classical piano type, you know, pieces. That was something that was really fun. You know, so there's just all these different things that you can kind of incorporate, but, you know, just on a, on a minimum level, you know, after you get that story, reach out to the local radio DJs, ask them if they have a segment for local artists, you know, or if you're going on tour, when I did, I did a 25 city tour around the United States that I set up by myself. I didn't have an agent or anything. Each of those places that I went through, I looked in each city and I looked up all the TV stations, all the radio stations, you know, newspapers, you know, just all of those things, just anything that I could get to, to build, you know, an, an audience around what I was doing. I reached out to everybody that was local individually, because there's two things that you're going to do. You're either going to spend time or money. So you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month on a PR agent. Most artists don't have that. So you need to spend the time. Don't send out a bulk email to everybody where you just change the, you know, the name, do the research. The way that you get on is, hey, Sally, I've seen that you guys have been covering this type of material lately on bullying. Well, I, I have this song called Believe in Myself or whatever it is. This is my story. This is what I overcame. And here's a link to me performing the song, or here's a link to my music video. Would this, have, would this interest you at all or your media outlet? That's a great way to introduce yourself because you've shown that you pay attention to their network. You know that they've been covering certain types of materials lately and your song is relevant to what they've been covering rather than I'm a really good singer. You should have my song. You should play my song, right? So put the time in. That's really, and usually when you're paying PR, that's what they're doing anyways. They're doing the exact same thing, but you're paying them to put the time in. As an artist, again, you're either spending time or money. So spend the time instead. That's so good. Yeah, I, I love the way that you just broke down like the reach out message too, I think is is really smart. And one, one thing that kind of got my brain turning, and this will be especially relevant to, to anyone, any of the artists like in our program that we talk about like the video view strategy. And you know, I imagine that that link that you sent out to one of your songs, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to have like a lot of engagement or social proof or whatnot, but it does seem like, you know, if, if you have some credibility or if you have a bit of a following or you have, you know, like that it can, it can make a difference when you're reaching out to opportunities mm -hmm. like this. So I almost imagine like, you know, if you did a video view campaign for a music video of one of your songs, maybe in the description, you use that as a way to test out this angle of your story and you can actually share that. You're like, hmm, yeah, I think that this could be a compelling kind of story or this could be a compelling thing to share. And maybe even some of the targeting that you do around launching the campaign, you target people specifically based on the story get it's really not that hard i think for a few hundred dollars you can get a hundred thousand views on a song pre pretty easily on like facebook mm -hmm. and if you use that as the link when you're telling your story and you're sending that out that it has a bunch of real engagement and real views then that could probably be a, a nice way to kind of tie in with with that strategy as well yeah that's a really really great uh really great strategy absolutely and, and i'll say that you know, when I first got on, you know, like Fox, for example, and, and that was, I think that was probably the first network that I ever got on. I sent them a video of, at the time I was doing a tour and I, I was performing during the day for kids for free. And then at night I was performing at like bars and casinos to help fund the tour. So it would, but it was like, I, I love working with kids. So that was my big thing, but I made a video that talked about why, 
And so I had footage because I've worked in like a lot of third world countries and stuff. So I've like have footage of like really cool stuff, like, you know, working in South Africa and in Thailand and different few places. But even if someone, you know, whatever your focus, even if your story is, hey, I lost, you know, grandmother, but she always believed in me. And this is why I'm doing this tour or this is why I'm doing I created the song to have a video where you're talking about that. And then you have video footage of maybe you and your grandma singing. You know, my grandma's the reason that I did this. And, you know, I, I, I saw a, a young woman that her, her grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. And, you know, it was, I, I don't remember what the, I don't know if it was like a special day that was set aside, you know, for, you know, commemoration of the, the you know, survivors and that sort of thing. But she was able to perform and share her music on TV because it was relevant to what was going on. But then she had this really nice video that she had on YouTube of her talking about, you know, her and her, her experience with her grandmother. And so it was, you know, the experience of she wasn't, didn't survive the Holocaust, but her grandma did. And now seeing another perspective was, was pretty incredible. And then with mine, I, you know, I was doing my tour because of the work that I had done overseas. And I really wanted to do a lot of stuff within the United States. So I was traveling around for like 90 days. And so I had that, I had the footage from, you know, my trips, but it, you know, that's, even if you were, you know, you don't have to have traveled the world to, you know, get on those things because I I've gotten on you know plenty of newspapers and media outlets way before that way before I had done any of those things way 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 before again and and like what you said if you then combine it with adding some social proof there running a, a you know Facebook ads campaign where you're there's engagement and people really supporting it and showing that you know they're they're loving your video too that helps a lot I was able to get on all those networks even without it but adding that now would absolutely be really, really valuable. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really great strategy. Could you talk a little bit about, I mean, I know we talked a little bit about how, you know, as a musician, you, you something doesn't come from nothing, right? Like you invest either your time, you invest your money, but, you know, in some cases you can invest a little bit of money to save a whole lot of time. And, uh, and I know you in particular have spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, really pulling together a lot of the resources that in terms of like contact lists and like places to reach out to. So could you talk a little bit about what you have that you can offer to people here when it comes to like those types of those types of contact lists? And and also just for anyone who resonated with our talk today, who wants to connect more with you personally, what would be the best place to, to go to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. You know, with with reaching out to media, with reaching out to, because I've reached out to a lot, you know, managers, producers, I always, I'm very, very passionate about being proactive, not just posting videos and hoping someone reaches out to you. So, you know, throughout the last few years, we've created a lot of different lists of radio stations, you know, college radio stations, blogs, magazines, record labels, just about lawyer, music lawyers who, you know, shop music for record deals, publishing companies that get your music on, you know, TV and movies and films and that sort of thing. So we have a lot, I mean, we have probably collectively like 20,000 contacts for those types of things where someone doesn't have to do all the research where they can just go and go, okay, I make this style of music. If I make this style of music, who should I reach out to? What's their email? What's their Instagram? That sort of thing. So I do have those. And actually most, most of my, my material is on musichustler.com. I've talked about, you know, the, the hustler mentality, you know, everyone was always telling me that you're such a hustler. So I just thought, man, that, that really resonates with me. And I've just put together a program as well that shows everyone how I created a six-figure music career 
starting from absolutely nothing every step of the way every you know hack that i did every how i reached out to every tv station and radio station and then how i turned you know the mentality of just really hustling and working hard to working smart and how much faster i got results that's that's awesome well Christine, yeah. you're awesome. Really appreciate you. Hope you have thank an awesome you, Michael, rest of your and weekend. Thank you so much for, for putting all this together. I know that there's a lot of work here and I just, you know, all the people that I've, have, you know, recommended to come join. I mentioned to you earlier, they've just been so complimentary of you and everybody really likes and appreciates you. And I think, you know, finding people who actually care about the audience. I mean, you're just a really genuine person. So thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. It's an honor for me. And thank you for allowing this, you know, event for people to get education on, on, in one place, in one event. So I applaud you too for doing that. So thank you. Well, thank you, that, that, that means a lot. Yeah, and I, and I really appreciate you being a part of it. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you wanna support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take the music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.